Assalamu alaikum and welcome to the Muslims in Your Backyard podcast. I'm your host, Hurram Shamim. Thank you guys for joining me for another episode of this podcast. As always, I appreciate the support and for you taking some time out of your day to listen to the podcast. I hope you guys are having a good month of Ramadan so far. Believe it or not, we've already gone through 15 days of Ramadan as the release of this episode. So 15 days, basically half of Ramadan are already gone. So, you know, I hope that you've had a good, uh, successful and peaceful uh, and, you know, uh, just overall, uh, you know, I guess, comfortable 15 days of Eid. And inshallah, I hope that we all have a good 15 days of the last few days, or I should say, sorry, the last 15 days of Ramadan. Inshallah, I hope that we all have a good last 15 days. And really, that is what I wanted to talk about for today's episode. I wanted to speak about, you know, what we want to do for the last 15 days. You know, I know when Ramadan begins, a lot of people have a lot of aspirations and whatnot, which is very, very good. I mean, a lot of people set goals or, you know, say, you know, this is what I'm going to try to accomplish during Ramadan. Uh, And, you know, a lot of times what I see from people is that I feel as if maybe sometimes they set goals that are too high or they set, you know, they set goals and they just never really uh, accomplish them. And, you know, that's something that I think is more of a problem because of the fact that people set goals that are not attainable within, you know, the 30 days of Ramadan or just not attainable based on the schedule that they themselves have. You know, either they work, you know, I myself, for example, I work full time. So sometimes it can be very difficult to find time to do uh, things for Ramadan because sometimes, you know, my work will get in the way or, you know, I commute to work. So when I commute back, by the time I get home, you just don't have the time or the energy really to, uh, you know, maybe put in some time as to the kind of things that you'd want to get done during Ramadan. Uh, but nonetheless, you know, I think it's still very, very good, obviously, for us to set goals during Ramadan. And so for today's episode, I really wanted to look at uh, setting goals for the last 15 days of Ramadan, because I'm sure some of you set goals or had an idea of what you wanted to accomplish for the first 15 days. Um, And I'm hoping that you were able to at least accomplish some of those, or you were able to at least successfully tackle some of the things that you wanted to look at, either being reading the Quran more, which is usually the one that people say, or maybe, you know, uh, hitting all five prayers, or, you know, um, you know, reading uh, about, you know, the hadiths or, you know, the, the sunnahs of, of the Prophet Muhammad sallallahu whatever it was, I hope that, you know, your first 15 days for your goals were good. Um, but, you know, personally, from one thing that I noticed, uh, based on the fact that a lot of people set such lofty goals, I've noticed that a lot of people aren't really able to hit them. And it's not because of the fact that, you know, people, uh, you know, put goals that aren't attainable. Most goals are attainable if you had the time or space or, you know, the commitment to them. And I think that's really kind of the point is that sometimes people set goals that aren't realistic and then they can't hit them and then they feel bad about it. When really, I think it's not so much of that. I think it's more of just understanding how much time you have and putting goals forward that I think can be attainable based on, you know, what kind of commitment you have. Um, And that's why I wanted to put forth some goals that I kind of thought of myself that I feel might be useful for some people and as well as myself, I will be trying to apply them for the last 15 days, you know, so either, you know, you didn't hit the goals that you had for the first 15 days, or maybe, you know, you didn't set goals at all, which is also totally fine. I mean, 
Obviously, there's no pressure to set a goal or anything, but it is important for us to maximize the last 15 days of Ramadan. And it's for two main reasons, right? The first thing is, and this one may sound a bit maybe dark, but it is an important fact of life. There's no guarantee that any of us will be alive during the next Ramadan, right? And so Ramadan is such a holy month, we have to take advantage of the last 15 days. But then number two, it's also that every good deed that you do during Ramadan, like reading the Quran or hitting all five prayers, is obviously amplified because it is a holy month. So why not take advantage, right? Like a lot of people I know that are not as religious, but are more religious during Ramadan. And I know some people may have their opinions towards that, but to me, I don't really care because to me, this is someone who maybe is trying to become more religious or trying to do more during the month of Ramadan, which is also fine, right? We shouldn't judge people uh, for stuff like that. But at the same time, we should encourage people because you never know, you know, that maybe someone is more religious during Ramadan, maybe that, you know, they will continue to be that religious, right? So at the end of the day, I want to go through these 15, or sorry, not 15, but these few goals that I set for the last 15 days. Because again, I think it's really important that we make sure to maximize this. And it's not going to be maximized either through big lofty goals, right? Big lofty goals that maybe you can't hit. But rather, I wanted to focus on goals there were more than just, you know, I will read the Quran today. Because that is, of course, a very excellent goal. But at the same time, we should strive for more than that during Ramadan. Because Islam isn't just about saying, I need to read the Quran. There's other things. You know, there's also our actions, what we do to others. And also, you know, our own uh, ability to understand the religion as well. And so that's really the kind of goals that I wanted to set so that we could hit those kind of, uh, you know, rewards during the last 15 days of Ramadan. So the first one, and this is one that, of course, uh, I mean, is pretty basic, uh, but, of course, is still very important, and that's reading the Quran. I think it is the most uh, simple and most obvious place to start when setting a goal. And it, it makes sense, right? I mean, we all know how important the Quran is to us and to Muslims in general. So why not read it? I mean, it is the book of knowledge. It is a book of guidance. But I want to take this one step further. And it's not just reading the Quran, but also reconnecting with it. Um, and, you know, it's not just about saying, well, I read the Arabic words. It can also be about trying to understand what the Quran is trying to teach us. And I've made an episode before on this, and it's in season one of the Muslims in Your Backyard podcast, so you can find it in whatever podcast directory that you're in right now. Um, but one of the main things that I, I remember taking away when I did my research for that episode was that a good important step in trying to understand and really have a good comprehension of the Quran is to first have a clear mind when actually trying to read the Quran. What this means is that when we read the Quran, we should do it in an environment where we are not distracted. So for example, you're not reading the Quran while the TV is on, right? Because then you'll be distracted by, of course, the TV. So rather what you should do is read the Quran in a place where there aren't other things to distract you. Or, you know, maybe you don't have your phone with you either. You know, put your phone on mute or, you know, put it away in your room or something while you read the Quran so that, you know, you don't see a notification or something and get distracted. And the other thing is, is that in our mind, 
You know, when we're actually trying to read the Quran, we should try to just focus on the Quran. Don't start thinking about other things while you're reading the Quran. And, and there's a lot of other things where you can clear your mind, but the main point is to stay focused on the Quran. And, you know, I think it's an important thing to do because it shouldn't just be about saying, well, I read the Quran, but then if you sort of just zoom through it and you don't really think about what the Quran is trying to read or trying to teach you, sorry, then did you really read the Quran in the first place? Like, that's a really important and, you know, good question that we should ask ourselves. If we're not thinking about what we're reading, did we really read it in the first place? Right? If, if your native tongue is English, for example, and you were reading something, but you didn't really understand it, did you really figure what it was, you know, did you really know what it was trying to tell you? Not really, right? It, it doesn't work that way. And so that's why it's so important when you're trying to read the Quran to also connect with it, to stay focused on it. And I think a second thing here is that when we're trying to say, you know, we want to maybe uh, read the Quran, right? Maybe you shouldn't set such lofty goals. And I know some people that say, you know, oh, I'll, I'll finish the Quran within Ramadan, which I mean, Alhamdulillah, that's a very good uh, thing to set, uh, you know, and if you did set it, inshallah, that you can finish it. But it's a very difficult goal if you've never done it before, especially if you're not in the habit of reading the Quran. And, you know, I can speak from my own personal experience that I used to not read the Quran as much as I do now. But one of the ways that I really was able to get myself into the habit of reading the Quran was to sort of set little intervals where I would read the Quran for maybe 10 or 15 minutes, right? So I got used to doing it. I got used to doing it over and over and then after that, I was able to read it in longer spurts because I, you know, I, I'm in the habit of doing it. I understand or I'm just in the process of putting time aside to, you know, read the Quran and to really, uh, you know, spend the time and the focus towards, uh, you know, reading more than just, you know, a few pages, but actually committing to reading it. And on the other hand as well, you know, when you are reading it, you know, maybe do set shorter, I guess, segments of the Quran that you're going to read in one sitting right? You don't have to read the Quran all at once in one sitting, right? Maybe a smarter thing to do would be to read it 15 minutes in the morning, 15 minutes and, you know, the evening, and then 15 minutes in the night, right? You could spend about 45 minutes reading the Quran. It'd be very useful in, in many ways rather than reading it all in 45 minutes. And then the last point here as well is that when you're trying to reconnect with the Quran, of course, trying to understand it can be very important as well. And for those of us who are not Arab, Arabic speakers, like myself, unfortunately, understanding that part of the Quran can be very difficult at times, right? Because you either need to get someone to explain it to you or you need to have, you know, the translation under what you, whatever you're reading. And not everyone has access to translations, which is why it's important to maybe spend time to go on YouTube and whatnot and find, you know, reputable scholars who go into detail about different surahs or, you know, ayahs or specific parts of the Quran to really understand what we're trying to, you know, what we're trying to read or what we're trying to learn from. And, you know, another thing is on YouTube, you can find a lot of uh, English translations of the Quran while they're reading the Quran as well. So you can maybe read those translations or not even in English, in whatever language you speak, you can sort of read those uh, translations while, you know, the Quran is being uh, read as well. And you can sort of get a better understanding of, you know, what the Quran is trying to teach you. 
uh, one thing that I've done myself is I, I bought these great books from Dr. Yasir Qadi uh, that are called the Pearls from the Quran series. And he's done two books, or at least I have two of his books on Surah Yusuf and Surah Al-Kaf. Uh, and they're phenomenal books. They really are. And the main reason is because he goes, you know, chapter by chapter, or I should say, sorry, section by section within the surahs. And he really goes into detail about some of the more important details within the surahs. And he explains them in detail as well. Uh, but more specifically, the book itself is not, you know, 300 pages or something. And I think that's one of the problems where some people have with translations is that they're too much to read at once. The, the Surah Yusuf and Surah Al-Kaf books from Dr. Yasir Qadi are, are very, very good. And, and I'd highly recommend them because they're just very enjoyable to read overall. And they get the message across as well. And personally, I learned a lot from them. And that's why I'd really, really recommend anyone to go look out for them because they're very, very good books to read. Now, moving on to the second goal. And this one is a lot broader, but I still think it's one that's very important but not talked about enough. And that is connecting with your family. That should be a Ramadan goal as well. And, and obviously, you know, throughout the year, this is an important thing to do. Obviously, familiar relations or family relations is very important in Islam and in Islamic belief as well. But I think during Ramadan, there should be more of a focus on connecting with your family. And, you know, one way that I've thought of it and one way that I think is really important is, you know, it's more about the fact that Ramadan makes it where every Muslim is doing something at the same time, right? Anytime you meet a Muslim, you know during the month of Ramadan, uh, unless, of course, they're maybe a woman, because uh, unless, you know, women have some ex exceptions where they don't have to fast um, for obvious reasons. Uh, but usually you can meet someone and say, yes, you know, I know that, you know, this person is likely fasting. And so there is sort of a connection you have with other people, even if they're a stranger, because you know you're doing the same thing during the month of Ramadan. And I think that that's similar to the family, where sometimes in families, you know, you're all doing your own little thing. Everyone's off doing whatever. Some people are at work. Some people are at school. But during the month of Ramadan, everyone is doing the same thing. And everyone also needs to break the fast at the same time. So in a way, some families who maybe are off doing their own thing, they're all off, you know, one's here, one's there. But it doesn't matter because they all have to come together at the end to break their fast together, causing them, whether or not they like it, I guess, whether or not they like it, they all must be together in that moment, in that maybe 10 or 15 minutes before, you know, iftar, where you break your fast, they all have to be there together. And same with seri, or at least usually you should be, although I do know there's some people who sleep through seri, which I would not recommend. And, uh, you, know, you know, the beginning of the fast is very important. You know, having that breakfast in the morning uh, is 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 very important, but I know some people who do skip it. But nonetheless, right during Ramadan, we all come together at the end, and that's where I think connecting with your family is so essential, right? It should be. It should be something that I don't think is focused on as much as when you think about it. It should be. And you know the way that I look at it is that Ramadan is a benefit for all of us, right? So doing something like spending with your family or spending time with your family, I should say, is just even more of a benefit, right? Maybe helping, you know, your, uh, your, you know, your mother or your wife or your sister, or whatever, to set up iftar, which, by the way, is something that should be a family thing, not just a, you know, a woman thing. That's something that I know. Uh, <laughs> I, I may sound, you know, maybe a bit out there for saying this, but. 
Uh, I know there's some Muslim men that uh, think that iftar should just be a uh, a man, uh, or sorry, a woman thing, right? The women should set up the iftar and the man is going to sit on the couch and watch TV, uh, which I have never really understood. Why is that a thing? You know, why? Like, why, why should that be a thing? Like, where does it say in the Quran that, you know, a, a man doesn't need to set up the iftar? It doesn't, right? So maybe the thing that you can do to connect with your family or stay in touch with your family or just be kind to your family is to help set up iftar. You know, maybe if you don't even know how to cook, maybe set up the table, maybe, you know, do things, I don't know, to help set up the iftar, whatever way it can be. There's a lot of ways to do it, but you can definitely do it. And it's one of those ways where the family can stay together. Um, you know, on the other hand, another thing you could do uh, is maybe uh, watch a, you know, a Islamic lecture or, or a video or something like that together, uh, you know, the hour before iftar starts, right? So maybe just before iftar starts, you all listen to the same lecture and you kind of gain the same knowledge or something like that, right? Like those are things that you can do and there's a wide variety, but I think the main goal should be to really connect with your family, to spend that time to, through the 30 days to, you know, maybe spend the dinner together as well after the iftar, uh, because it is something where you all are, you know, sharing in common with each other. And it's so important, I think, to make sure that those kind of, uh, you know, connections stay, especially during Ramadan, um, where, again, we can gain so much more uh, rewards by doing these things. And in a way, and, and of course, you know, I, I think I kind of mentioned this before, you know, Ramadan kind of encourages us to stay together as well, right? Like it makes it sure that everyone eats iftar at the same time. I've, I've always found that so interesting, right? Like as soon as iftar happens, it doesn't matter what household there is, you know, where they are, right? If they're in the same time zone and they're Muslim, they're all eating at the same time. Isn't that kind of weird? Like every Muslim in that area, in that time zone, in the place, they all eat dinner at the same time because they have to, right? You have to break your fast or maybe not eat dinner, but you do have to break your fast. So you all do it at the same time, all right then and there. It's kind of weird if you think about it, right? But I don't know, that, that's just me, right? That, that's just me. Those are kind of thoughts that go through my head. Uh, but, you know, again, that, that's just me. Moving on. Aside from engaging with the family, I think another goal that can be important is engaging with the community. And I know some people will think, well, you know, this is an obvious one, uh, but I think this is another one that is and should be emphasized more than it is. I think there's sort of a tendency in, uh, you know, people when they're fasting where, you know, they're very obviously a lot less energy and whatnot. And so a lot of people don't do as much as they should when really Ramadan should be a time when we go to engage more with the community, where we do more for people around us. Now, I do also want to say that I understand that COVID uh, and COVID-19, of course, is a major detriment to this. And uh, I understand that, right? Like, I understand maybe people who live in areas where there is a, a bigger spike of COVID-19 may not want to interact with others as much. And, and that's totally fine, right? Uh, obviously, you should do whatever you find or feel is, is safe, um, but at the same time, I think it is important for us as Muslims to try and continue the engagements within the community and amplify it, right? Uh, a lot of people, for example, uh, will go to Taraweeh, right? But they won't go to something like Zuhr prayer, or they won't go to Asr, or they won't go to Maghrib, right? Um, maybe, you know, doing Maghrib at the Masjid, eating iftar at the Masjid, and then going home to eat dinner. That's something you could do as well, if, if you obviously have the time or the space. That, I think, is something worthwhile 
to do. And, you know, I think at the end of the day, uh, really, like, engaging with the community should be something that uh, should be kept up, even if, you know, maybe we have less energy to do things. And, you know, another way you could do that is maybe holding a potluck or an iftar uh, at your house. You know, where you can, uh, you know, maybe invite people over, you guys can share, you know, time together before uh, the uh, break of the fast, and then you can eat and then go to Taravi or whatever together. And that's another way to engage with people, right? You know, a lot of people maybe wanted to hang out or whatnot, but of course, you can't really do that during Ramadan, right? Because, I mean, you're fasting, so it's a lot harder to be, you know, hanging out outside, especially if you live in a place where it's really sunny outside, it's a lot harder to be going outside at that time. Uh, and so maybe this is another way to sort of get around that and make sure that during Ramadan, you know, you don't just sort of uh, get into a shell and just not talk to anyone or whatnot, or you don't interact with people as much. Uh, and of course, another way to do this is just simply to maybe text someone, right? Like one thing I've actually done uh, during Ramadan is that I've you know talked to a lot of people I haven't spoken to uh, in a while, right? Some friends of mine from university or from previous places of work, you sort of just text someone, you know, and you start messaging them and you start saying, hey, what's up? And, you know, the conversation goes on from there, right? It's a good way. I think it's a good point to engage with people, to learn more about them, you know, catch up with them. Because again, that is part of our faith as well. You know, it's not just reading the Quran, right? Uh, being engaged within your community, being engaged with the people around you uh, can be just as important. And I, and I think it is a goal worthwhile to put during Ramadan. There might be people that might disagree with me, but I definitely think it is worthwhile of a goal. And now the next goal that I wanted to focus on is Islamic knowledge. And, and that is a broad kind of topic, but that's why I wanted to say that rather than focusing on just Islamic knowledge, as some people might say, you know, I want to learn more about Islam, what we should rather do is focus on just one specific area, you know, one specific kind of topic, maybe, you know, one, uh, you know, one area that you've always wanted to learn about, or maybe one person you've always wanted to learn about. Maybe there's a Sahaba of the Prophet Muhammad Wasallam that you want to learn more about. Maybe you should spend the last 15 days learning all you can about his life or her, or, you know, her life, the Sahabi, uh, or, you know, the, just whatever it is, you know, try to learn as much as you can. Maybe there's a, uh, you know, a school of thought or, or a book you've always wanted to read, you know, try to read it for the last 15 days. I think that the problem that people have is that they approach Ramadan similar to, you know, when it comes to learning Islamic knowledge, that is similar to when it comes to reading the Quran. They set, you know, too high or lofty goals to say, you know, I'll listen to all these lectures. You know, there's like, uh, if you go to like Yaqeen Institute or, you know, Umar Sulaiman or, you know, Dr. Yasser Qadi or, you know, Mufti Mank, they have all these lectures they release, right? And, and they're obviously doing it with good nature. They want to educate people. But when it comes to, you know, me, I'm thinking, oh my God, there's so much to watch. There's so much to learn. Maybe we shouldn't look at it that way. Maybe you should just focus on one. Do one at a time, and whatever that one is, try to learn it to the best of your abilities. Maximize on that one, whatever it is. Because at the end of the day, it is, after all, Islamic knowledge. So it almost doesn't matter what you learn, it just matters that you do learn. And I think it's also important to point out that with Islamic knowledge, you know, there's a lot to learn. And so, you know, a good thing to do is to maybe get into the habit of trying to learn Islamic knowledge, right? That's something you can also pick up by focusing on one thing at a time. You know, some people will, f will you know, watch all the videos during Ramadan, but then they won't watch it after that. 
It's similar to reading the Quran, right? Once you get into the habit, and, and again, I'm also speaking from personal experience, but once you get into the habit of actually watching those videos or learning from them, you really start to do it in your free time outside of Ramadan as well. And, and last but not least, uh, this is the final goal, but it should be about reflecting on your strengths during Ramadan. And what I mean by this is that you should celebrate, and I cannot emphasize, emphasize this enough, but you should celebrate your accomplishments during Ramadan, even if you don't hit all the goals that you set for the last 15 days or from the day one of Ramadan. You should celebrate everything that you accomplished, even if it's as simple as saying that I fasted for all 30 days. That's an accomplishment, and you shouldn't undersell yourself. That's a great thing to have accomplished. You did 30 days of fasting, right? Also, I guess it depends on Eid as to how many days you do, but regardless, you fasted. You did it, right? Like, that's an accomplishment. You should be proud of that. That's a really, really big thing to do. If any of you live in a Western country, like I do, uh, you, will, you will obviously meet a lot of people who don't fast, and they're always, they're always so blown away that you're fasting. They're like, oh my God, you're fasting? Yes, we fast. It's what we do. It's, we're Muslims. That's what we do. We fast. That's how we are. It's what we do. And I think that's something that we should be proud of. It's something that, you know, we should uh, celebrate for ourselves. You know, obviously you should be proud of the fact that you uh, did uh, 30 or, or what, how, whatever days it is, I guess, depending on Eid again, a fast. And on top of that, even if you don't hit all your goals, the process of trying to do it, remember, in Islam, intention matters, right? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala knows your intentions. So intention matters. You intended to do it. Maybe you strive towards it. Maybe you didn't get them all. That's okay. But you strive towards it, right? So whatever it is, you should be proud of the fact that you were actually pushing yourself to get there. You should be proud of the fact that you almost got there, or you know, maybe you were halfway there. Maybe that is, is progress, right? Maybe the last Ramadan, you barely did any of your goals, but this time you did half of them, or you do more of them, or maybe your goal was something that wasn't that big, but you accomplished it nonetheless. Regardless, I want to just say that we should be proud of the fact of what we accomplished during Ramadan because you never really know. And, and this is something that I've always been fascinated about, right? We don't really know what good deeds are, you know, being counted for us, right? Just like we don't know what bad deeds are being counted for us. But whenever we do something good, like, we don't really know, like, what's the quantity of a good deed, right? You don't really know that. I, I know there's, you know, some, you know, estimations about, uh, stuff like, you know, uh, things that you can multiply your good deeds. But like when you say, what is one good deed worth? You don't really know that, right? So how do you know that maybe those, you know, that, you know, few pages of uh, the Quran that you read every day, maybe that is itself such a good deed that it is your ticket to Jannah. You don't know that, right? But it's not a problem in the sense that it's not something negative, right? The good thing is, is that you read the Quran and you should be proud of that. You shouldn't be upset at that. Maybe you didn't meet all your goals, but you never know. Maybe that, you know, the, the few, uh, you know, pages you read were enough, right? Obviously, I don't know either, but I'm just saying. It's something to be proud of. You, you did it. You accomplished it. And, you know, the last 15 days or whatever goals, again, that you set from the beginning of Ramadan, whatever they are, you should be proud of your commitment to try and finish them. Which leads me to the, I guess, the last and final point uh, of the goals. And this one is more, I think, 
of uh, a larger or broader sense. It's not necessarily a goal, but, you know, you should try to keep the goals going, right? Like I mentioned about the Quran and, you know, learning about Islamic knowledge, we should try to continue the goals. You know, if you set a rhythm for yourself during Ramadan, you can do it further than that. You don't just have to limit yourself to just Ramadan. You can do more than that. You can accomplish more than that. You can go beyond just Ramadan and you can keep these goals going for, you know, the, the maybe the next year, right? If, if you can do it during 30 days, you can do it for the rest of the year. I guarantee you that. If you're working and you're fasting, just think about that for a second. If you're fasting, which means you're literally waking up in the early morning, you know, messing up your sleep and then not eating till sunset. If you can do all that, why can't you keep up your Ramadan goals? The answer is you can. You can definitely do it. And if you can accomplish these kind of things, then you shouldn't, you shouldn't worry so much, I should say about not being able to do them later. You can definitely do them later. If you can do it right now, you can do it later. I guarantee you that. And I know this because, again, I'm speaking from personal experience. I've, I was never really that consistent at reading the Quran, but I'll say that ever since, you know, Ramadan a few years ago, I've been very consistent because I know that I can spend 15 to 20 minutes reading the Quran. It's attainable. It's something that I can do. It's not that crazy. And, you know, I, I really do think that if you're going to set goals, you should try to keep them going. And obviously, I know things can get in the way, but, you know, say, uh, try try your best. Try your best to make sure that you can at least keep at least one of them going. And then, of course, I would be a fool not to mention that in the last 15 days, there are, of course, the last 10 days of Ramadan, which is, of course, the days of Laylatul Qadr. And that is a very blessed and holy night. And, you know, I can't stress this enough as to why it might be so important to make sure that you do set goals for the last 15 days that are more specific because a lot of people maybe miss out on these, uh, you know, these holy nights uh, because of the fact that, you know, they set goals that they can't actually accomplish. You know, maybe just reading the Quran for 15 minutes is uh, an excellent thing to do during these last 10 days. Or maybe, you know, helping those around you, being charitable, whatever it is, right? We should remember that the last 10 days are upon us. And, you know, another great thing, speaking of, of charity, that is, is that I, I've noticed that, of course, a lot of uh, charities, Islamic charities especially, or at least here in Canada, I should say, uh, for example, there's this one big charity called Islamic Relief Canada. And what they did last year was they did sort of this charity for Laylatul Qadr, where the last 10 days you know, they would take donations for a variety of different of uh, issues or whatnot uh, that they would then donate money for you, right? So, you know, you kind of donate to whatever it is to either help the poor or the needy, whatever it is, you know, th they did that. Or uh, another good option is called My 10 Nights. My 10 Nights is basically a, a website or, or, you know, a company that essentially donates money for people during the last 10 days of Ramadan during the days of Layatul Qadr. And it's really cool because the way it works is that basically you set a certain amount of money, uh, you know, to donate, and then they will donate it on your behalf to a variety of different charities from around the world or in, you know, a variety of different places. And so the way that that benefits you is because rather than having to go to every individual charity uh, and sort of donate, you know, they will do it for you and they'll automate the donations, right? So they'll kind of automate every single day. So rather than having to actually go to a website and donate on every single day, 
they will just automatically donate that money for you. And I also want to make clear that this isn't an advertisement for them. I'm not getting paid or anything for this. Uh, so I, I, I hope no one accuses me of that. I did do this during my last Ramadan and I found it really useful because, you know, we really do want to maximize those last 10 days. And, and it is such a useful uh, app and a tool to use. It's called My 10 Nights. And I really would recommend everyone to, you know, check it and to, you know, really see, uh, you know, if, if it's useful for you, because I did find it useful. And, and I'd highly recommend that you do, in fact, use it uh, as well. And finally, I think that here is a good place to end today's episode. Um, I hope that the goals that I set were useful and that were, you know, uh, attainable for you as well, uh, because, you know, I really do think that it's important for us to maximize these last 15 days. Uh, we really should do our best to make sure that, you know, we can, uh, in fact, uh, make the most of this Ramadan and that, you know, we don't regret anything. You know, there's nothing more I think I hate than the feeling of regret, you know, the feeling of I could have done more. You just feel so, you know, weak in that sense, especially when it comes to something like Ramadan and, you know, gaining good deeds as well. You know, we shouldn't feel as if, oh, I could have done more. Maybe I could have read the Quran more because, again, you never know. This could be your last Ramadan. So rather than wasting it, you need to make sure you make the most of it. And with that being said, that ends and concludes today's episode. I hope you guys did enjoy today's episode about going through uh, some goals that I set for myself and goals that I hope you guys uh, can set for yourself as well uh, for the last 15 days of Ramadan and during this blessed and holy month. Uh, I would encourage you guys to either set you know similar goals to the ones that I set out myself or you know what you could always do is, you know, either maybe, you know, branch off in different ways, whatever it is, uh, make sure that you do set something to say that, you know, I want to accomplish this. In addition, and I should have mentioned this before, but I didn't because I forgot to, but I will also be posting on social media what, you know, the goals are that I set uh, and sort of, you know, what my final sort of, um, you know, focus will be on uh, the last 15 days as well. So please do remember to go check me out on social media on both Instagram and Twitter. It's at Mib Podcast. So that's at M-I-Y-B Podcast on both Instagram and Twitter. I post on both of them quite often or as often as I can based on the availability of time that I have. So please do go re remember to check me out on Twitter and Instagram. Um, as always, if you guys thought of something for the show or you had any sort of um, ideas or any sort of reflections, please do not hesitate to tweet at me. I will make sure to tweet right back at you because I really would love to engage with people uh, on social media as well. And I, I'd love to, you know, kind of know what your thoughts were on the episode as well. So if you do have any sort of reflections or ideas, please do tweet at me at Mib Podcast, which is again at M-I-Y-B podcast. In addition, uh, if you guys did enjoy today's episode, please do remember to share it with others. Uh, it's a great way for me to continue making episodes of the podcast, as well as I'm sure that if you enjoyed the episode and if you enjoyed the podcast as well, I'm sure your friends and family would enjoy it as well. So please do remember to share it with others. And also, if you did enjoy today's episode, please remember to leave a five-star review on whatever podcast host that you are listening to this from, or give it a like, whatever, you know, kind of a system that the podcast host has, 
please do remember to give it a five-star review or a like. And with that being said, I hope you guys did enjoy today's episode, uh, again, on the kind of goals that I wanted to set for the last 15 days of Ramadan. Um, I hope that we all have a blessed and peaceful and successful last 15 days of Ramadan and that, inshallah, we're able to make the most of uh, Ramadan and the last few days that we have left. And also, inshallah, that we all get a chance to celebrate Eid as well and that we all get a chance to um, hopefully uh, have a Eid with no COVID-19 restrictions or anything Inshallah. I know I think I mentioned this in the last episode, but again, really, really hoping that there's no restrictions or anything like that. Uh, and so with that, I will conclude today's episode. Uh, inshallah and Alafis, we'll meet again. <laughs>